You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The invasion of Ukraine by Russia has shocked the world. It certainly shocked me. I mean, I'm a business broadcaster and I see the movements in commodity prices and financial markets because of what has happened. But it started to affect me in, in a different way now. So I want to try and broaden the spectrum of my knowledge when it comes to this particular, I suppose we have to call it a war. So I'm speaking now to Katya Gosteva, Doctor of Philosophy, a Russian woman living in London. Katya, a friend of mine sends you a piece that is attributed to you, and I'll just read a couple of little bits from it. It says here, I hate being a pessimist, but it seems to me that the outcome of this infernal war will be precisely this. There's no doubt that Ukraine has already won morally, not only over Putin, but over the West, which has failed to support Ukraine all these years since the first maiden, as you call it. And go on to say, I can't imagine how Ukraine alone in capital letters, can defeat Putin. I just can't. So I conjecture that the majority of Ukrainian and Russian people will become immigrants. I'm reading this piece and I sense not not despair, but despondency from you, Katya. Yes, it's true. Yes. And, you know, this mood is dominating, but sometimes it changes, like, you know, just um, 15 minutes ago, I, I was watching um, Al Jazeera uh, inside the story and one of the interviewees, uh, I don't remember his name, he was saying that Ukrainians, they are actually, uh, they are such good fighters and uh, that's the, they, they received already enough weapons and all this talk um, about NATO's participation uh, should be uh, run not by a doctor of philosophy like me, but by um, those people who uh, technically understand how uh, wars are to be waged this this kind of thing and when you listen to that you you know you kind of start thinking well um you know it's it's really difficult to uh, to demand that uh, NATO should um, should introduce more some kind of you know um, military interference uh, in Ukraine. Um, uh, but on the other hand, uh, just the thought that um, Putin um, might um, play the upper hand somehow, you know, whether with the help of China or uh, just whether you know uh, he will prevail by using some um, resources uh, you know th- this this thought is is really devastating and uh, hence my my despondency because I just in this text I try to imagine what would happen you know if Ukraine finally will be subdued do you have an emotional attachment or even a physical or, or family attachment to Ukraine? Because from all the reports that I see, and I must say, I have a one-sided view of what's going on here because I watch Al Jazeera a little bit, but I mainly watch the BBC and a little bit of, of CNN. It's very, very one-sided. Uh, but it seems to me that it comes across that most Russians have so many links to Ukraine. So it, that makes the whole invasion of Ukraine even more inexplicable. Well, inexplicable. I think that it's important. Um, I'm afraid I don't know because maybe my knowledge of Western uh, analytical representation of this war is not good enough. And uh, just as the war, just since the war started, 
I've I've been watching um, Russian uh, analytics, yes. and uh, I just wonder. Some of them are absolutely brilliant, and I think that it's 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 really a shame that um, this. Um, analytical uh, representations are not translated into English because I think they are crucially important for uh, the question, for the understanding of uh, uh, of these links, you know. Uh, so um, I, I I hope that I will contribute to their translation in in some way. Um, as for the links, you know, uh, personally, I I do have some Ukrainian friends, but they are not my close friends. Mm. But uh, just as um, uh, Russian, uh, you know, um, Ukraine is, um, well, languages, the languages are very close. And, uh, uh, you know, Ukraine used to be, and maybe it's like, you know, it's just like having a historical memory. Because, uh, you know, if you know Russian history somehow, uh, then Ukraine uh, was actually the first settlement. Actually, Russia started with Ukraine, if you know about the Kiev Rus, right? Uh, and you know we studied that at school you know it's it's very difficult to explain it's it's i can't compare uh, you know the relationship between russia and ukraine with the relationship well let's say of britain and ireland because britain and ireland are kind of further apart than russia and ukraine they are very close countries and you know actually when the war started i was in moscow yes. i was visiting my parents and my parents, they are completely brainwashed. And uh, so I was with my parents when suddenly this announcement on the television came through that President Putin is to address the nation. So I uh, realized immediately that, that would be, yeah. um, you know, the announcement um, about the war. Uh, um, and he, uh, as you know, as everyone knows, he started his uh, speech with a historical analysis of those uh, links between Russia and Ukraine. And, uh, you know, he even sounded at certain at, 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 at certain uh, points, he sounded quite persuasive because, yes, he was um, uh, uh, I think he, he probably or his advisors, they uh, made some research and um, uh, he knows that he, he was he, he spoke about this historical links and that Ukraine uh, was absolutely in, an integral part of Russia, basically, that Ukraine uh, um, got its uh, uh, status as a as a republic uh, during uh, the Soviet uh, the Soviet time. Um, so you know, uh, but I must say that Ukraine represents for me uh, the, the this part of uh, Russia uh, uh, that um, uh, that, that possesses this self-awareness that the majority of Russian people somehow has lost. You know, for me, uh, the victory of the would-be victory of Ukraine is 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 a chance, really, for the Russian people to to overthrow this regime. 
Yes, but you know, uh, Putin is in such a state now. He is in such a, an isolated world, from what I gather, since COVID. A lot of people are saying he's, he's taking drugs and taking steroids. That's why his face is looking so puffy, all those sort of things. But whatever it is, he is in an isolated state where he is all powerful and he's got no one to advise him. And if anyone does advise him, they advise him on what he has already said. So there's no way that he's going to allow Ukraine to win. He's going to do something very silly and he's not going to sit around the table and say, okay, I've got it wrong, let's coexist. That's what seems to be the case. I don't think that Mr. Putin will, will allow himself to be seen as a loser. He wants to go down in history as a winner, the trying to restore what the former greatness of what was then the Soviet Union. I don't know, maybe I'm being fanciful. You know, I think that you are fanciful to a certain extent because we don't know. We, we cannot really uh, tell. Nobody can tell what is going on in his head, you know, and uh, uh, nor we can tell, you know, what is going on inside the inner circle of Putin. Well, mm. uh, you know, at least, you know, I've, I've uh, been watching some, you know, reflections on the subject, but, you know, I, I they are not very persuasive. I have no idea whether he's taking drugs or, you know, steroids or whatever, and why, you know, his face, you know, swollen or whatever, he's not swollen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, th I think it is, it is not something that we can uh, really discuss seriously, you know, but we can discuss seriously, what we can discuss seriously yes. is, uh, is, is the, uh, what we have, you know, what we have in Ukraine. We have this enormous resistance. You know, Putin didn't expect that. I think it's obvious to everyone. So Putin is not God. He is a KGB functionary, you know. And actually, uh, the West, by uh, conducting this uh, policy of, I wouldn't call it appeasement, but somehow, you know, the West decided that although Putin is a very unsavory individual, so, but it's, you know, it's possible. It's just what I mentioned in my post. Yeah. So, you know, this is why he is a businessman. So it's, it's possible to have business with him. So this is why we have this amount of all Russian oligarchs living in London. You know, and uh, you know, uh, this this is this is what we have as a, as the witness, you know, uh, of 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 the spread of this regime, you know, and, and the West, you know, it's it just sitting there and uh, sort of trying to figure out what is going on in his head. I think it's it's a completely futile uh, undertaking. Really, but don't you think that if they poke the the bear that is Putin, then something really, really silly can happen? I understand when Volodymyr Zelensky says, "Please close the skies over the Ukraine to stop these bombings," because obviously the troops are running out of fuel, they're running out of uh, food, they're running out of of the will to fight the Ukrainians. Um, so they're doing it from the skies, and they're doing it with these these fancy missiles that keep on hitting. You know, residential apartment blocks and, and, and things like that. But don't you think that um, uh, NATO has to be very, very careful before it actually says, OK, you've crossed the line here and we are going to do this because Mr. Putin has the ability to do something even more drastic? Uh, I think it's very unlikely. I think it's very un unlikely that Putin is going to use, um, you know, some nuclear facility 
if I can put it this way, yes. uh, because, you know, he is not operating on his own. You know, he's surrounded by other people. I think that uh, all of these people are very unhappy. Um, I, again, you know, I cannot judge about the level of their unhappiness, but it's quite obvious that uh, what is uh, happening in Ukraine uh, just didn't go according to the plan uh, that he um, um, prepared. And, um, it, it, you know, because in his speech, and especially uh, the next day, uh, when these areas of Lugansk and, um, and Donetsk um, uh, have been taken by the Russians, you know, they showed these um, celebrations uh, of uh, those, the, you know, supposedly suffering Russian um, um, inhabitants of these areas. Uh, uh, but uh, now, you know, nothing of the sort is uh, shown, actually. You know, uh, Putin, uh, he is not, again, you know, I repeat, he is not God. You know, he uh, he now is being resisted. And this is amazing. And I think that if NATO uh, does not interfere, I don't know, again, you know, I'm not a strategist. I don't know how, you know, what uh, excuse for this interference. I think there is already an excuse for this interference because Ukraine, uh, you know, what is going on in Ukraine, you can see that so many people are being killed, uh, that there is definitely uh, the um, uh, justification for, for that, going that in genocide. There. Yeah. So so I think that uh, there are plenty uh, reasons for interference, you know. If they do, though, uh, it, it's a, it's not a NATO nation. They, they have aspirations to be part of the NATO community but if they're not part of nato then i think that's what's holding them back i think if if for example there was a bomb that went into the west of ukraine or several yeah. bombs that went to the into the west of ukraine in the last 24 hours uh, very close to the polish border if if they had, had gone over the border into poland then i think that would have been a, a red a red flag and nato would have said okay you've just made an incursion into a nato country therefore we're going to have to warn you but while it's still contained within the borders of ukraine surely they can't do anything justifiably they've already delivered a certain amount of weapons to the ukrainians i, I couldn't understand this um strange uh, story with mig fighters for instance personally it just you know it was a it, bit odd wasn't it, it? yeah did, did very little sense to me, you know, mm. why suddenly uh, they just really displayed this fear. You know, Biden um, initially agreed that these fighters should be delivered. And then uh, just as these fighters, Poland decided that they, the place from which they should be delivered, uh, should be in Germany. So suddenly uh, Biden reversed or, uh, you know, Biden and his officials, they they reversed their initial, their original decision. So, you know, I, I don't understand why. So what is the difference if Ukraine asks for help and President Zelensky, you know, uh, undoubtedly he behaves heroically. He says, you know, that they need this help. So I, I, I don't understand why, you know, this um, uh, anti-missile, you know, I don't I don't know, but this weapon has yeah. been delivered. Yeah. Why, why then they couldn't deliver 
the, the, the jets. Well, I don't uh, understand also, how these MiGs, the, these MiGs that are sitting there, 24 of them or whatever it is, I don't understand how suddenly you can dust them off, get some Ukrainian pilots uh, to go there and, and suddenly start flying. It just seems, It just seems a bit preposterous to me. Can we go back to something else now? Because we're both speculating. We don't know. You know better than I do because you. I just wanted to mention to mm. mention uh, China. You know, also you know this this uh, news that China is open to uh, delivering weapons because uh, supposedly, if if you know this information is verified, Putin asked China for help. Yes. Yeah, well, that's that's a whole new ball game. You see, what's happening there is that uh, China wants the resources that Russia has. It needs the pipeline of gas. It wants the pipeline of gas, and that pipeline of gas will be built, war or no war. So you've seen the fact that they abstained in the UN voting process uh, to say, do you condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine? There were 35 countries, I think, that abstained, most of which were from the African continent. Again, that's another story which need not detain us now. But um, China, obviously, has been cozying up to Putin. And I think President Xi is probably going to outwit Putin. Putin's a, a wily character, but I think President Xi is more powerful and more wily than Putin is. He just wants the resources that Russia has that he doesn't have. That's another story. I just want to go back to one thing you just said. You were in Moscow probably three weeks ago, and the announcement came out that Mr. Putin was going to be addressing the nation. And you sat there with your parents what was your parents' reaction? Because I hear so many stories and see so many interviews with people in the Ukraine that say, I'm not speaking to my family in Russia anymore because they say I'm a liar about what's happening to me. And they believe that Putin is a god and Putin is protecting Mother Russia. What was your parents' reaction to this television broadcast? Well, I can say that my parents' reaction was really very supportive, you know. Of Putin? My parents... Yeah, but my parents are elderly um, people and, uh, you know, but, but of course there are people who are uh, younger uh, and, uh, but, the, you know, the thing is that they, they, they do not support Putin necessarily, no. you know, uh, they, they are just for these last years, for 20 years of his, of him being in power they had quite an affluent life, especially, you know, in the uh, European part of Russia, but not only even European part of Russia, because oil dollars, they overflowed the country. And, uh, you know, uh, Russian people uh, generally, they are not accustomed to much comfort, as it were. You know, so actually, uh, the life in Russia during this um, 20 years, um, it was it was pretty good, you know. So it is not surprising, uh, given the amount of propaganda uh, that was uh, poured on their heads, you know, that they uh, that they are uh, pro Putin, but they are not pro Putin really. And uh, you know, among my friends, so many young Russian uh, people, uh, not even young, but even, you know, of my age, they, they just they're trying to leave the country. They, they, they don't want to, uh, to, to, to return to the zone. They don't want to return to, to the country that lead behind the, the Iron Curtain. You know, especially because the world has changed, you know, the world, because when the Iron Curtain existed, there was no Internet. You know, there were no jobs of this kind that there are now. 
Yeah. So, you know, I think it's it's very difficult to imagine that this um, uh, uh, this idea, this national uh, concept uh, just will become some sort of, you know, that, that, that it, it, it can be contained within uh, within this newly established Soviet Union. I think it's it's just un- really un- unthinkable. Let's go the other uh, way now, if we can catch it. Sorry to interrupt you. Let's go the other way now. A newly established Soviet Union, hopefully that doesn't occur. Hopefully it will get thwarted because for very many reasons, again, that need not detain us. What would happen, for example, if Putin suddenly capitulated and said, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I've been wrong. I'm going to retire quietly to an African nation or, or somewhere with my hundreds of billions and someone else can take over or if he was assassinated or if he was defeated the russian forces from the russian federation were defeated in ukraine and he had to slink away with his tail between his his legs what would happen to russia do you think do you think it would be another berlin wall moment and everyone comes out who hasn't been able to come out and says thank goodness for that we supported you because we had to support you. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a few old people, the old school, that will be hankering after the old days. But I would imagine that most of uh, European Russia would be relieved. There would be celebrations in the streets and the economy and the country would prosper. What do you think? I, I think that Russia uh, has a chance. Why not? You know, I don't want to be pessimistic here, you know, really. Uh, Putin is a dictator. I know so many uh, Russians who fled the country uh, uh, and the, the level of immigration was pretty high even in uh, in the perestroika time because, you know, people who lived in the Soviet Union, uh, like me, for example, you know, I am just a mother. I have two children. And uh, although, you know, when I grew up, uh, the years they were, you know, relatively peaceful. Uh, you know, the 70s, the 80s, and then the perestroika started. But still, you know, I, uh, for my children, I I wanted them to leave, actually, the country. And this kind of psychology, you know, I'm, I, I can be ashamed of it. I can say, well, it's very unpatriotic. But come on, you know, you even have these oligarchs having their children abroad. Isn't that funny? Mm. I think it's quite absurd, isn't it? I think it is. You know, because well. nobody can now nobody can be happy really uh you know if if especially you know young uh kids when they um they're getting education they they that that, that education in Russian is pretty good but then what what will they can they do with this education because if they are uh, if they if they can't get uh, some sort of roof you know if they can't get some sort of find their ways within this corrupt um, apparatus, then they have nothing to do in Russia. They will definitely be squeezed out. So, you know, I think that even this reality should tell uh, you, you know, because I'm trying to answer your question, mm. that there will be a ce- some celebrations. Yes, I do believe there will be lots of celebrations. Yeah. If Putin is um, uh, is is uh, brought down and, and definitely, you know, he's a criminal. He's a criminal. He, 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 he must be responsible for what he has done. What annoys me, Katya, about the West, I, I'm not annoyed about the fact that they haven't poked the bear and they haven't closed down the airspace of Ukraine. That doesn't annoy me. What annoys me is when I sit down at night and put my speaker on and I go to sleep listening to 
three different podcasts, uh, two different podcasts. One is just called Putin, which has just recently been released on BBC Sounds. And obviously by the, the title, you know what it's all about. It's a fascinating, fascinating insight into his upbringing in, uh, St, uh, in Leningrad, now St. Petersburg. And uh, he, was a, he was a street tough and he was a fighter. And it, it gives a great insight into why he is what he is today. That's the first thing I've been listening to. I've been listening to another thing called The Big Steel, which is all about how Putin and the oligarchs completely raped the Russian economy of hundreds and hundreds of billions of US dollars. And then there's a TV program by Panorama uh, called Dirty Money, which is about uh, Roman Abramovich, essentially. And what annoys me is that the UK said, hey, come to London, buy a house in Kensington, buy a football club, uh, do whatever you like, and operate with impunity. But they all knew all the time that he was a criminal, and it's only just come out now when it suited them to do so. That's what annoys me about the UK, uh, in particular, as my home country, and also about other Western countries. Would you agree with of me f- for my annoyance? Oh, absolutely. I Of course I agree with you. Of course, Of course there is some sort of treachery is all in all in 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 this attitude and hypocrisy mm. uh because uh, the establishment the the british establishment but i think as well the european establishment as well you know they um they they love absolutely they love it really to uh extol the democracy and to condemn russia and some poisoning that you yeah. know take place from time to time but then, lo and behold, everything is forgotten. And, uh, you know, and then we have, uh, well, I know very little about uh, the Lord Lebedev and, uh, you know, and other oligarchs. Uh, and uh, this is it. This is this is just outrageous, especially if you take into account uh, the demise of uh, the Russian opposition, you know, the murder of, uh, of Boris Nemtsov, and uh, just uh, you know, two days ago, I listened to uh, his interview uh, with the presenter from uh, the radio uh, Freedom in Munich. And my God, I, I, w- I was I was amazed because basically what he was talking about just coincide with what we with what we are just having now, you know. And he criticized then the behavior of the UK. And the West, uh, uh, you know, how and, and again, you know, the appearance of Trump, I think, uh, you know, of course, has something to do with uh, with with this undercover or whatever, you know, under carpet uh, games. So, yeah, I, I think it's a shame, really. It's a shame. And also, I think it is the betrayal of 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 the Russian opposition as well, because, you know, it seems that the West prefers to. Uh, deal with um, uh, with, with uh, those who sit in the Kremlin rather than with those who are trying to um, overthrow this power and who actually fight for democracy. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's absurdity. I was very encouraged to see that brave young journalist on, on Channel One in Russia uh, yesterday invading the studio with her a placard uh, saying no to war, etc. She's disappeared now. I hope it wasn't one of those moments like it was in Tiananmen Square when someone stood in front of uh, one of the Chinese tanks. Uh, I hope that this this person uh, will go down in history as someone that actually started to change the course of history. Where do we go from here now? 
Where do you think it's going to end? What is the end game for Russia, NATO, the West and Putin? You know, personally, and again, I repeat, I'm not a military specialist and uh, I don't want to sound um, vain, really, and, uh, you know, being too emotional. But... Um, Judge, but but just on on a reason, just on a on a on a reasonable judgment, you know, I think that NATO is losing the chance to defend democracy. I absolutely agree with Zelensky, and I think that Zelensky, you know, in his film, again, you know, I was not following uh, Zelensky as a as as a president, so I know very little about his uh, economical achievements. Uh, I watched the film uh, uh, Servant of the People and I can tell you, you know, the image of a president that he created in this film, it is a democratic image. You know, I think that European leaders, they actually forgot how to be truly democratic leaders, you know, and what it means to defend democracy. So, you know, I am very disappointed. I think I don't understand. Again, you know, we're talking about double standards here. So when uh, we had uh, the genocide in um, uh, Yugoslavia, then NATO decided to interfere. You know, we absolutely see genocide, the genocide in Ukraine going on. And NATO is looking for some excuses. So is it enough that um, a certain American journalist has been killed? No, it's not enough. Is it enough that there was an explosion very close to the Polish border? No, that is not enough. Is it enough that China might step in uh, and then start um, supplying uh, weapons to Russia? Well, maybe again, it's not not good enough. You know, we need something more and more. what more? Yeah. I mean, okay, fine, but I, I just, I, I just, I find, I, I see no logic in in this stance. I don't understand it. No, really? I don't either, but there has to be a little bit more, I think. I know it sounds really sort of crass and rather dispassionate to say there needs to be something more in order to, yeah. uh, to stoke the fires of, of More emerging. sacrifices, yeah. you know? It, it, it just sounds like, you know, we, we were really treating Putin as, as some uh, prehistoric, I don't know, tribal god, you know, more sacrifices. Catch it. I hope your parents are going to be safe. I hope you're going to be able to uh, travel freely between London and Moscow in the future. And I really hope this thing sorts itself out. But uh, I'm not sure if it's going to. There's so many different scenarios that could play out here. Uh, Katya Gosteva is Doctor of Philosophy, speaking to me from London. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.